You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. One of the most important buildings in the world sits it, it's, it, in a perfectly circular, very well-guarded park in northwest Washington, D.C. It is a nondescript concrete building. It's located on the grounds of the U.S. Naval Observatory, and it houses the nerve center of the U.S. Directorate of Time. Behind its well-guarded, barred windows sits 28 atomic clocks. Now, four of these clocks hold atoms of hydrogen, and 24 of them hold atoms of cesium. Now, laser beams and microwave beams are fired at these clocks, causing the atoms to reverberate with an incredibly regular vibration. Now, these results are then measured by a computer, and every second, they are fed into America's master clock. Now, those measurements, in turn, become the basis for all timekeeping in the United States, And those measurements are then sent on to the International Bureau of Weights and Measures just outside of Paris, which keeps the world on the same time. There's one thing the entire world knows, and it's time matters. It matters more than ever. But you know, it wasn't always that way. There was actually a time in the United States where time did not matter. Before the locomotive and the invention of the railroad, Time really didn't matter much to anybody. When the railroad was built, trains had to run on time, and all of a sudden, time was kind of moved to the top of everybody's priority list. Phrases that had never been heard or spoken before started popping up in our culture. Phrases like, time is wasting, time's up, or the train is leaving the station began to be heard all around the country. What we now call standard time really came about because of the railroads. Before the railroads, everyone kind of just operated on their own time. One town could say it was 4 o'clock. Another town five miles down the road could say, no, it's 4.30. But then the railroads began to publish schedules. And for the first time in 1883, our country was divided into four time zones. All of a sudden, time became very very important. In 1790, less than 10% of Americans had a clock of any kind in their home, and the vast majority of those had no minute hand. Until the end of the 19th century, no one knew what an alarm clock or a wristwatch were. Yet today, computers, satellites, GPS uh, receivers, telephone switching systems all depend on a precise down-to-the-second measure of time just to operate. In our culture, time has really never been a hotter commodity. We realize it is a limited resource. There are 24 hours in a day, but there are only 24 hours in a day. And if you're like me, most of us, we try to, we struggle to fit all of our responsibility from work to family to hobbies to leisure into our busy, ever-growing, hectic schedules. We have proved to other people they are maybe more important than others by making time for them or we find time for them. In fact, one of the most famous statements about time today is, time is money. 
We try to be sensitive to other people, and we try to realize their time is valuable. And so we try not to over-monopolize their time, and we really try not to waste our time. So people who are even retired have to struggle with filling up time. Now, sadly, a lot of people really don't understand how important time is until they are just about out of it. When a person finds out they have a terminal illness, what's usually the first question they ask? How much time do I have left? See, nothing teaches you the value of time more than when you get into a situation where you think you are just about out of it. In reality, you don't tell time. Time tells you. Time tells you when something needs to be done. Time tells you when you need to be somewhere. Time tells you when you have to be somewhere for a specific appointment. Time tells you when time is up. Believe it or not, the Bible has a lot to say about time, the limited resource that it is, and also the way we should use it. Job 14.5 says this, man's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Even the apostle Paul refers to time in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 16 through 17. He says, making the best use of the time because the days are are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Again, as we talked about last week, there's really only two ways that you can use time. That is wisely and unwisely. If there's one commodity we must learn how to handle wisely, it's our time. I mean, think about it. Your time equals your life. You can run out of money and still have some time left. You can lose all of your friends and have time to spare. But once you run out of time, it's over. You can make more money, make new friends, take more trips, even start a new hobby. But once your allotment of time is over, you're done. Time waits for no man, but it stands still for a woman of 35. Can I get an amen, ladies? Will Rogers once said it this way, he said, half our life is spent trying to find something to do with the time we have rushed through life trying to save. Isn't that true? That's why we're in this series, we're talking on wisdom for life. And we're looking, again, at just ways that God calls us to live more wisely, to be better stewards uh, of our time. And so we wanna just kinda talk about uh, four main areas. And, and these are four main areas I think we all can agree upon that really consume a lot of our life. And these can either be the source of some of our greatest victories, or these four areas can be the source of some of the greatest regrets. And they are how we allocate our time. And we're going to talk about that in more detail today. How we manage our money. How we maybe handle or, or face temptation. How we treat our physical bodies in all four of these areas, again, you have a choice. You can do it your way, or you can do it God's way. And again, when you decide to do it God's way, when you decide to live wisely, doing things God's way, again, you'll find you're gonna live smarter, you're gonna make better decisions, you're gonna have far fewer regrets, and you're gonna have many more sweeter memories. And so we're gonna be dealing with all four of these areas over the next few weeks. So this morning, I want to just share with you what I think are five very simple principles relating to time. 
and talk about how to use the time you have more wisely. So I wanted to start off with the first principle, and here it is. There is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. Let me just say that again. There is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period. Let me just use the example of exercising, okay? There is a clear cumulative effect from exercising a few minutes every day or every other day over a long period of time. Is that right, Christy? All right, good. And she's, the, she's our fitness coach here. At the end of the year, now you'll see and you can feel a difference, okay? However, at the end of your first workout session, the only difference you might feel at that point is soreness, right? How many of you have seen that commercial, a big guy in the gym, working out, wearing a headset, he steps on the scale as he begins his workout, he weighs 294 pounds, gets off the scale, I mean, he just goes to town on the weight machines, exercising, after two hours, he gets back on the scale, and it reads 294 pounds, and the guy is so obviously disappointed and frustrated that he didn't lose any weight, he takes the scale and just smashes it on the ground as if it was the scale's fault. Again, you will see almost no measurable benefit from just one workout session. In fact, no matter how long you've been exercising, there is almost no measurable benefit from a single exercise session. The value of exercising is found in the ongoing cumulative effect. That's why it is so easy to talk ourselves out of exercise. I mean, how many of us have said, what will it hurt if I miss one day? The answer is, it won't hurt anything, physically speaking. The real value in exercise is not found in any one deposit of time. The value is realized over a consistent period of times of exercising. Now, the same is true if you're trying to attempt to master a musical instrument, if you're trying to perfect your golf swing, maybe you're learning how to cook or to sew. A little bit of concentrated effort several days a week over a period of several months will dramatically increase and improve your performance in most areas of life. Now, what is obviously true in the realms of physical fitness, golf, music, may not be so obvious in other areas. Nevertheless, this principle, it has implications for just about every facet and arena of life, especially those pertaining to relationships. So let me just list a few specific practices where I believe consistency, small amounts of time deposited over a long period of time can make a difference. Quality time with your family. Date night with your spouse. I've been in first service. This is a bad one for me. I need to definitely improve on this one. Time alone with God. Church attendance. You know, I got that one nailed, right? Okay. One-on-one uh, -on -one time with your, your spouse or your children. Prayer time, small group, Bible study. I mean, there's just a lot of activities that would fall in under this. Again, the greatest benefit and value for us, 
comes when we invest small amounts of time over a long period. Now again, there is value in one date night with your spouse, but there is even greater value relationally in one date night with your spouse for the rest of your life, okay? These activities, though incremental investments of time relationally, again, they result in immeasurable cumulative value. Now, which leads me to my second statement relating to time. There are rarely any immediate consequences for neglecting single installments of time in any arena of life. Again, uh, let's just talk about health and, and exercise, okay? Neglect your health for a day, and there's usually no immediate or dire consequences, right? Neglect your health for a week, and you probably aren't going to experience any, you know, dire or long-lasting negative effects. In fact, you could probably go a whole week eating fast food, double desserts, no exercise, several late nights out on the town. Many of you are thinking, that was my Christmas a couple of weeks ago. You can do that, and you kind of may think to yourself, why didn't I adopt this lifestyle? I mean, this is, this is fun. This is greater. Some of you may be sitting there wondering, why did I even ever give it up? Now, again, if you were to evaluate the effects of such a lifestyle after just one single week, you would probably draw some wrong conclusions. Other than a little indigestion, some difficulty getting up in the morning, there probably wouldn't be too much to be concerned about. Now, the same dynamic plays itself out in every area of life. If you miss dinner with your family one night, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. If you choose to sleep in one Sunday morning, again, I'm not, you know, encouraging or, or, you know, telling you to do that. But again, if you choose to sleep in one Sunday morning, not much changes. I mean, skip work one Friday. You will probably have your job on Monday. Pick up a newspaper instead of your Bible one morning, and life goes on, right? I mean, it's deceiving, but true. We rarely see any immediate consequences for neglecting a single installment of time in any area of life. But, however, if neglect becomes your pattern, you're going to eventually bump up against the third principle as it relates to time, and that is neglect has a cumulative effect. Let's just continue on with the exercise physical health. You can neglect your health for a week, maybe even a month again without any serious consequences. But strap that lifestyle on for 10 or 12 years and the effects of that may be irreversible. Again, not because of a single night out or any one particular meal, the effect, the, 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 neg the, neg the, the neglect, it is cumulative. Neglect has a cumulative effect physically, relationally, spiritually, professionally, financially, and emotionally. And again, neglect over a long period of time, and I'll guarantee you, you'll have something to show for it, and we usually call it a mess. Next stop in our five-point journey is something you probably have never thought about, but all of us 
have certainly experienced. So again, while it is true that consistent investments of time add up to good things, and that consistent neglect adds up to bad things, the random pursuits that we allow to interrupt our important routines usually add up to nothing. So here's point number, I think this would be four, three. There is no cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with the important things. Let me just say that again. There is no cumulative value or very little to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with the important things. So let's just suppose one of your New Year's resolutions last week was to exercise three days a week. So you buy a membership at Christie's Fitness Center, the YMCA, maybe you bought a treadmill, you announced to your family and friends, this is my year to get in shape. Now, let's just imagine you know, that that isn't working out. Other things right now just kind of keep interfering with this New Year's resolution, your desire to get into a normal exercise routine. Chances are, if you're like me, uh, you're not having to use a whole lot of imagination on this one, but let's just take it a step further. Now, let's imagine six months from now, you're going to sit down with a friend, and, and you're going to give an account to them of the year and, and kind of explain to them what you have done these last six months instead of exercising. Now, uh, how, I just want you to, here's how the conversation might go. So your friend says to you, well, what did you do instead of exercising? And you say, well, I don't know, a lot of things. And you say, well, let's kind of just break it down. Let's kind of just flush this out. Did you sleep in a few mornings? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I slept in. I just needed a couple of extra hours of sleep. Okay, uh, like, how many times did you do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I didn't keep track. Okay, well, what other things did you do instead of exercising? Well, I had to go into the office early. Okay, well, how many times were you doing that? Well, I don't remember. Okay, what did you do at the office? So just different stuff. You're kind of like, well, like, what kind of stuff? Like, I, I can't remember just, just stuff, work stuff. Like, okay, so what else did you do with those mornings instead of exercising? Well, on a couple of occasions, I met a friend at Jitters. We kind of just met, had coffee, had breakfast conversation. Okay, well, what else? Well, some mornings I just kind of didn't feel like exercising, so I kind of just got up and you know, kind of just piddled around the house and just decided I wanted to take uh, the day, the morning kind of slow, check my emails, you know, kind of just do some things around the house. Again, here's the point. If you take and stack up all of the stuff that you did instead of exercising, and you were to add up its value, what would you end up with? Zero. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Okay? The random pursuits that interrupt our important routines often don't add up to anything except a lot of wasted time. So again, there's rarely ever any accumulative value to all the things we do in place of the things we know or we have identified are truly important top priorities in our lives. What is the cumulative value of all of the things a college student does in place of studying? Zero. Folks, I've been there. I've done that. 
What is the cumulative value of all the things a father does in place of spending time with his family? Usually nothing. What is the cumulative value of all of the things that you have allowed to interfere in your devotional time and spiritual development? It adds up to zero, nothing. When random, urgent activities consistently, constantly interfere with strategic, consistent deposits of time in those important areas, it is like throwing away our most precious commodity. It's worse than wasting time. We are essentially wasting our lives. The principle explains why a lot of people don't have more to show for their time. It all gets gobbled up with random, unquantifiable activities, activities that rob us of what's most important. And when you add up all the here's what I did instead of's, they often equal zero. Here's my fifth and final principle. In the critical arenas of life, you cannot make up for lost time. In those priorities, that you have identified, these are the most important priorities, these are the most important areas of my life. In those areas, you cannot make up for lost time. And I know if you're anything like me, there are times I've wished I could just go back in time, correct things, make things right, maybe spend more time with a loved one. As a college student, we could pull an all-nighter to make up for studying that we should have been doing all week. You know, on vacation, you can drive a little faster than normal to make up the time lost by your kid's potty break. How many of you have done that one before? You know, you kind of think where you should be because you had to stop where you should be and you try to speed to get to that place to try to make up for that time. But again, in the world of relationships, folks, there's no all-nighters. You can't cram for better relationships with your kids or your spouse. Speeding up does not make up for lost time with your heavenly father. The key to remember is the important areas of life require, they demand small deposits of time all along the way. And when you miss those opportunities, they are gone forever. Most of us have made the mistake of trying to make up for missed time in the gym. Now, you know what I mean. We were talking about this just down in the kitchen in between um, services today. Haven't exercised in years, and you decide suddenly you want to get back in shape. So what do you do? The mega workout, right? You strap yourself into every machine in that building. You lift every weight. You log in time on the treadmill, the life cycle, the stairmaster, the thigh master, the elliptical. You do it all. And you know better. But something in you says, I can make up for lost time. I can make up for my neglect in this area. And so you walk away convinced you have reclaimed lost ground. You feel so toned. You feel so in shape. As a matter of fact, you feel so good, you are going to run for city council. But you know the next morning the reality is you can't even get out of bed 
In fact, you're so sore, you don't go to the gym for the next two weeks, or worse, you injure yourself, and you're out for several months. The moral of the story is you cannot make up for lost time in the areas of life that matter most. Likewise, dads, it's not going to do any good to rush home this afternoon and announce to the family, it just occurred to me that we have missed too many meal times together as a family. So tonight, we are going to eat out at all of our favorite restaurants. We're going to every restaurant we love, even if it takes us till after midnight. We're going to eat and eat and eat, and we're going to talk and talk and talk. We're going to make up for lost time. Ridiculous? Yeah. But no more ridiculous than thinking a long vacation can make up for being an absentee parent. It's no more ridiculous than promising a romantic weekend getaway to make up for months of work-related travel. A weekend together cannot rescue a marriage that's been neglected for six months or more, no matter how romantic you make it. Relationships are built on small, consistent deposits of time over a long period. You cannot cram for what's important. If you want to connect with your kids, you've got to be available constantly, not randomly. A vacation or a weekend getaway is a good way to commemorate or to celebrate uh, the past or even anticipating changes that are maybe coming on the horizon, but neither can compensate for consistent neglect. So with these five statements relating to time, I want to look again at Paul's warning to the believers in Ephesus, because it is Paul's warning to the believers here at Praise Community Church today in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. That phrase, making the most of your time, is literally, and it may be in some of your translations, redeeming the time. And the Greek term used here is a, an accounting term. And Paul is saying to us, he's encouraging us, get the full value out of your time. Squeeze all the good you can out of every moment of life. Again, misappropriated time is equals to misappropriated life. Be wise and make the most use of your time. You cannot go back and reclaim it. You cannot go back and reinvest it. Did you catch the reason Paul said for redeeming the time? He said, because the days are evil. We all know we do not live in a moral or ethically neutral environment as followers of Christ, our values are constantly being challenged, challenged by other value systems. And if you are not on your guard, the culture will draw you into a lifestyle where your time is frivolously consumed rather than strategically invested. You will be busy. Some of you may even be productive, but if you're not being careful, you will miss those irretrievable opportunities to make small, incremental time deposits in the things that matter the most. If you are not walking wisely, your time will be fragmented by a thousand different urgent 
disconnected opportunities and events. Such opportunities, and some of those will seem important at the time, but when they are all strung together, there will be no cumulative value to them. I want to close this morning by just giving you a short exercise, a, a way, I think, of, of being able to apply this to help you evaluate maybe what you need to do with what you've just heard. On your outline this morning, you'll find four words physically, relationally, professionally, and spiritually. What I'd like for you to do sometime maybe this afternoon after lunch or just sometime during the coming week is write at least one thing in each four of those areas that you can begin doing that if done consistently would maybe have a positive effect on that component or that area of your life. What small investment in each of those areas, physically, relationally, professionally, spiritually, can you begin making that you'll be able to look back maybe even a year from now and see that as a worthy investment of your time? What can you begin to do consistently physically, relationally, professionally, and spiritually that will have a positive, cumulative value. If Job was right and the number of our days are determined, if there are limits we cannot exceed with time, then the issue of how we spend our time is of paramount importance. Your time is your life, and God would want us to invest it wisely. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Father, we thank you again for the times, the days that you have given us. God, as we stand before you today, God, we realize that there are times we've not used our time where we've not used those days, those opportunities wisely. And so, God, we just look to you, the source of all wisdom, and God, we just ask for your help. We ask for the stirring of your Holy Spirit. That God, you would just begin to deposit wisdom for us in those four areas of life that we are focusing on right now. God, would you just begin to give us wisdom, God. Maybe changes that we need to make in, in those four areas. That God, if we'll just begin to do one thing just consistently over a long period of time that, God, it could really have a positive, a blessed impact in our lives and the lives of those that we run close to. And so, Father, this morning I just pray, Lord, again, that your Holy Spirit would just bring to us ideas, inspiration, thoughts, God, of things that we can do in those four areas that would begin to make an impact positively for us, for our family, and in our relationship with you. And Father, again, we just, we repent of those ways, God, that maybe we have used our time, maybe how we have invested our time in the past, God, that really have had no cumulative value. And God, we pray, Lord, that you would just set us free from those patterns. God, help us to break those chains that, God, we can begin to think, that we can begin to live in new, in different, in wiser ways, making wiser use of our time. So, Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would just, again, just 
Cause your Holy Spirit, God, to begin to just lead us. That, God, you would just begin to bring to us ideas, thoughts, God, of ways that we can change and become better and wiser stewards of our time. Father, again, we just thank you for your power, your presence here, God. We thank you, Lord, for this day. This is the day that you have made. And, Father, we want to use this day to glorify you, God. We want to use this day to live wisely, to be good stewards of this time. Again, Father, we just thank you for this is the day that you have made. And, Father, we rejoice and we are glad in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to just uh, give you the opportunity again for communion. If you didn't do that during the time of worship this morning, it'd be, again, just a great way to seal the deal this morning as you begin to think in those four areas of life. And just coming up, and as you take communion, thanking God for his forgiveness for the past, and yet using that opportunity also that God would begin to restore and to renew and to rebuild our lives in ways that we're going to walk out of here committed to using our time more wisely. And so this is just a great opportunity to just seal that deal with God this morning and say, God, I want to be a better steward of the time, the days that you have given me. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.